Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Y'all, welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Ham. On this show, interview amazing women real estate investors. And I am so excited to have with us today, Sarah Wilson. Go budget girl, budget girl. We met at FinCon and she's amazing and has been sharing her journey to go from, well, I'll share her, I'll share her, her bio in a second. She's a YouTuber. She's a debt destroyer, side hustler, financial wellness advocate, and newbie real estate investor. She creates free resources and content on how to live a frugal, fun, and fearless life, build wealth, create income streams, and live your best life with the aid of a budget, regardless of your current income level. She's a trailblazer for transparency in the personal finance space online. She documents her successes and challenges paying off. She paid off $33,000 of student loan debt in just three years on a tiny reporter's salary of $26,000. She shared her exact budget and real life numbers while she was side hustling, negotiating for better pay and positions, improving her frugal and financial skills. Now she has created seven streams of income. I'm all about creating multiple streams of income. 2.5 properties. Okay, we're going to talk about more <laughs> what that 0.5 means. <laughs> a net worth of over 100,000 and is building wealth as a single woman still on an average income. She loves teaching others how to master money and build a life they want. Then she's at budgetgirl.com. I'm so excited to have you, Sarah. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad we ended up at the same luncheon at FinCon. I think it was Sarah from Nerds Guide to FI who introduced us and she is just awesome. They hosted a meetup for women in the real estate investing space yeah. and we came by and we sat next to each other and I was like, oh, I need to have you on the podcast because you are amazing. And, and I just love, I love your story and it's really inspiring because a lot of people will go, yeah, I mean, you were a lawyer, so you had a pretty decent salary or making six figures. So of course you could do real estate investing, but I don't make that anywhere near that much money. So how am I supposed to get in the game? That's why I love your story because you're not doing that and you got in the game. So how did you get started in real estate investing? Scrolling back from that a little bit, I did start off on a very low income. I was making $1,600 a month as a newspaper reporter and I had $33,000 worth of debt. I got laid off. And so oh. I was in this like really scary place of I had never really budgeted. I was just a couple of years out of college. And I thought I was going to have to like waitress for a living, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I had a college degree and I knew I wasn't going to be able to pay that off on that salary. So for three years, I side hustled, I budgeted, I figured out new ways to save and bring more money in. And I paid off that 33 grand in student loan debt. And then I started saving okay. an emergency fund. And I kind of documented the whole thing on YouTube, which is where my audience comes from. And it's been really wonderful to be able to share that kind of community with people where they're really cheering for me and I'm cheering for them. And then when it came kind of time to 
start investing in something else other than just regular brokerage accounts. BT Saxon Chill, by the way. Mm-hmm. I started learning about real estate a little bit. I actually started with Bigger Pockets, which I know a lot of people get their start there. And I found it really encouraging. And once I learned about house hacking, I was sold because <laughs> the lower income you are, the less money you have to work with, the more you really have to evaluate every single expense. And housing is a huge expense for everyone. It's just a huge percent of our budget. And yeah, once I figured out that I could, 30%, right? And once I figured out that I could eliminate my housing costs and thereby free up that 25, 30%, I was like, and we're doing, we're doing, (laughs) this is what's going to happen. It also brought me a new stream of income because I'm now a landlord. My renter lives on the other side of that wall and I live for free. (laughs) My income. (laughs) So I got started that way and it's been fantastic. Goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. You're house hacking, so you get a house that you own, but you're living in. What pro- kind of property did you buy? How did you do it? You said you could talk numbers, so let's let's break I it down. So, like, love it. how much did it cost you? How did you do it? So, I live in College Station, Texas, which Texas is pretty much known for. You know, a lot of people from high cost of living cities have been moving here because our property is a little bit cheaper. So, I actually bought a three bed, two bath on each side duplex for two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you get this duplex. Did you <laughs> yeah. get a, a FHA loan or something? Okay. I did. I bought it at the very beginning of the pandemic. I put 3.5% down. I had more saved, but it was kind of a scary time then. So I decided to just kind of keep a little bit of that mm-hmm. back. I put about four grand in for renos on each side. And I now make $140 over the mortgage each month while living in one unit. Nice. So not only are you making $140, but you're saving on what you used to pay for rent and yes. you're owning and you're creating equity. So you're, you're yeah, you know, appreciation. paying the entire mortgage for me. That is awesome. That's yeah. why I love real estate. <laughs> so cool. Once I got into it, I was like, this makes so much sense. And honestly, it's so much, it feels lower risk, higher reward than just buying a single family home because my property is making me money. It's an investment versus just like a single family home where I'm responsible for all the bills. And it just kind of feels like a higher risk situation than just renting. And of course, Mm -hmm. higher costs for most people. I have had to put a new roof on. I had to regrade the lawn. I had to do some renovations and all that's been wonderful. And I'm still in the black. I started with house hacking too. That's how I got into the game with a duplex. It's a, yeah, it's a great way to that's start the way to get into real estate. If you have the means to consider purchasing a house and you instead choose to purchase a multifamily home or something that you can use for something like that, you can really kind of set yourself up for having an extra stream of income and an asset for life. It's really, really cool. And I wish more people talked about it, which is why I will talk about it to anybody who listens ad nauseum. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you Say that you have 2.5 investment <laughs> 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 
explain more. I would love to. Uh, <laughs> as we know, I have the duplex and I recently, a couple of months ago, I actually bought a vintage travel trailer, which I have been renovating to turn into an Airbnb or short-term rental property. So I say 2.5 because one, it's not like an active property yet. And two, I currently don't have a place to put it. So like <laughs> got the property, but not the land. <laughs> right now I'm renting a field where it's sitting while I'm uh, fixing it up. Okay. But that should hopefully be done in about a month or so. And I anticipate, I live in a college town it's going to be Texas A&M slash Texas themed. It's a really cute little one bed, one bath travel trailer from the eighties. It's going to be adorable. I would love to stay in a place like this. And I love going around and staying in unique short-term rentals. So I anticipate it's going to be a very nice boon. That's awesome. So what are you going to, where are you going to put it? Are you going to buy some land to, to house it or what do you, what's the plan? That is, the, that is the plan It's eventually to have a piece of land that I can put it on ideally with a couple of other properties, maybe even some other unique properties and have it as a little Airbnb place. I'm also looking into, I'm actually touring a fourplex with a little bit of land this weekend, and I might be able to stick it out there. I've put in bids for a couple of places, but they all need to have that element of, I can develop an additional spot for right. a trailer or something like that. So yeah. That's awesome. That's so great. I'd love to talk a little bit too. So we focus here on the real estate investing, but a lot of people who aren't quite yet ready will benefit from hearing from you. Because when you were unemployed, 33,000 in debt, had no money, it was probably a little early to start investing in property. No, Actually, there are ways to start investing, even, there from, are. That, even from that point of view. But it's a dangerous game to play. Yeah. I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. If you're just starting out and you don't have a firm financial footing, it might not be the best time to invest in something that could potentially cost you way more than you can currently afford. I think a firm financial footing, having a budget, trying to pay off your high interest debt, and just kind of mastering the basics is what everyone should start with. So, a budget, an emergency fund, having some sinking funds, being prepared for things that are going to happen to you. And then you can start saving for things like investments. I mean, regular investments, stock market investments are pretty low risk. You can pull that out. Don't touch your retirement, but <laughs> you can pull that out. But a real estate investment is, while it's still somewhat passive, it kind of have surprise surprises for you. You can have tenants that don't pay. You can have something bad happened to the property. And I don't encourage anyone to get started without funds for bad things that happen. So I bought my duplex. I already had a personal emergency fund of $10,000 and I actually ended up saving up a $10,000 duplex emergency fund. So I tap that first and don't have to actually tap my own personal stores in case of any maintenance or property or improvements or anything bad that happens here. And that allows me so much freedom to work on the next property investment because I know that I'm covered here and that I can handle anything that comes up. Yeah. So, once again, we're probably coming from a little bit different mindset backgrounds here. I'm coming from very low income, kind of right on the pop, paycheck to paycheck and poverty line. And I think a lot of people who kind of come into this space and want to build up multiple streams of income and real estate investments might be able to handle that mental risk if they have some emergency funds and emergency savings to deal with it. And it kind of helps 
you dip your toes in the water a little. That's really great advice. I also want to touch on one thing. You talk about having multiple income streams. So I think of financial stability as a table. Each leg of that table is a stream of income. And most of us are only taught to have one leg, which is that job. And which you know, we're taught to have a really thick, very strong leg. <laughs> Pick the strongest leg you can get. <laughs> Go to college, you can get a nice strong leg under your table. But what happens when you get fired or you get sick or something happens, then there goes your leg and your table comes crashing down. So to have real financial stability and security, you need multiple legs under your table and enough. And I think most of them should be passive so that they're not reliant on you so that you lose a leg. Then you have these other legs that keep you safe, keep your table steady and firm. And so I love that you've created all of these legs under your table. So what are, you know, I know you have a real estate leg, but what are some of your other legs? <laughs> so I still have a day job. I'm a communications coordinator at Texas A&M and I run like the social media and do some writing and marketing for one of the colleges there. So okay. we have that. I also have Budget Girl, which I started out as an accountability YouTube channel for showing my debt payoff. And that has turned into a business that makes me money every single month. I have YouTube ads on there. I do sponsorships. Sometimes I have a website ads on budgetgirl.com, all of that. I have real estate investments that pay me passive income. I have my rental, which pays me income. I have two renters and I do a little bit of money coaching and a couple of other, just kind of, I've got some baby legs that don't even really touch the floor, but like they're there to keep me off the ground. If I were suddenly to, <laughs> if, if someone just went real wild with a chainsaw, but I see that you're building more and more legs. Mm-hmm. So that's the way to do it. I wanted to ask you a question. It's my favorite question. Cause you were saying, yeah, ask me about mistakes or anything. So my question always, what is your, what was your biggest mistake? I know you're still kind of early on in your real estate journey, but if you have a, your biggest real estate investing mistake or financial mistake, if you're not quite there yet, and what did you learn from it? I have a couple little things. And here's the thing, like jumping into real estate, not knowing anything about it, not really having people in your life that have done it before. My dad was military. He had that one stream of income his whole life. And that's all you got. And my mom was stay at home. So I didn't really have a ton of people to ask on this other than, you know, the internet and the internet has been the most wonderful community, but sometimes you get differing opinions and you just kind of have to learn as you go. So uh, one thing that stands out is I didn't do a final walkthrough on the rental side on the day that I bought the house. We asked the sellers to do several things. One of them was to replace a toilet over there that was cracked. And they said they did it. They gave us paperwork that said they did it. And then we didn't want to bother the renters that day. We just decided to not tour that side of the house. We later found out that they hadn't done some of the work that we had them contracted to do. So big mistake there, which I will never do again. And I like to talk about that as well, because bother the freaking renters, make sure that, you know, once the papers are signed, there's nothing you can really do about it. You accepted the house. Verify. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Verify. Also, we tried to kind of do some yard slash lawn maintenance ourselves. This house had never had a flood issue. It's not in a floodplain, but there was just kind of some drainage issues in the backyard. And I had to spend several thousand dollars trying to figure out how to get it fixed. And I don't necessarily think I would go back and do it differently because I started with like the cheapest way to fix it first and then had to eventually go up to the most expensive way to fix it. But 
maybe just have gotten like more and more opinions. Cause of course, every single person you bring in, is going to say, my service is going to fix your problem. We tried the first option was digging our own French drain and that did not work. We've had historic rains in Texas and eventually my entire kitchen and one of the bedrooms flooded. We had to rip all that out, put it back. Insurance didn't cover any of it because it was less than deductible. So I just had to pay it. And we tried the French drain. We tried gutters, which did nothing. And eventually we had to regrade the mm-hmm. whole yard. Now, fortunately that has fixed the problem, but that was just, I anticipated something. I just didn't know what that was going to be, but Hey, now I know a lot more about drainage and that's just the way you go. And like I said, I had that emergency savings. So yeah, that's why you do that. Cause things that's why you do that. Like, yeah, there sometimes things flood or I'm just really glad it happened actually on my side instead of the renter side, because that's just a mess and a half to get, you know, the flood people in here with the blowers and that several days and then getting the floor all redone. Nightmare. Hey, goddess, are you self-managing your properties? I want to tell you about Rent Ready. It's a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone, collect rent online and get paid. Find the perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using their cards, ACH or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance, and even build their credit score. What's awesome is that RentReady is unlimited and flat price. No tricks or hidden fees. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to our Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast listeners. You can get Rent Ready's annual plan for only $54 at rentready.com when you use our special code GODDESS. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code G-O-D-D-E-S-S. Go to rentready.com to get Rent Ready's annual plan for the special goddess price of only $54 flat fee. And thanks to Rent Ready for being our awesome sponsor. Would you have done anything differently? I think I probably would have brought in a few more opinions rather than just kind of going with like the cheapest option and continuing to like next level when it didn't work. We actually spent a couple of days, like when there were bad writing storms, bailing out our own backyard with buckets, trying to stop the house from flooding again. And uh, while that was excellent for my arm muscles, it was horrible. (laughs) And I might've just gone like nuclear option of regrading the lawn a little bit sooner. I definitely wasted money on the gutters that did not work at all. I, I have learned that go with the best, the people, the experts that are the best and work with them. They won't cost you money. They'll make you money in the end. And they're not necessarily the most expensive, but they're really the cheapest. Yeah. Sometimes the fixes are, are not necessarily expensive, yeah, but going. There are with, other things. There are other yeah. things where I've gone with like the mid tier range and it has fixed the problem. So it's one of yeah. those things you kind of don't learn it until you learn it, but I'm glad it's behind me now. <laughs> <laughs> me too. What are you most proud of? probably DIYing a lot of renovations. Actually, you'd think I wouldn't have learned a lesson at all, but I actually, I did all the painting. I did a lot of DIY fixes, especially when I renovated the other side. I did my own first before we moved in. And then a couple of months ago, I had a renter turnover and I was able to get over on the other side of the duplex and fix a lot of really bad old work that had been done by previous owners. And it cost about four grand total and it took me a month. And I contracted out a little bit of work, but a lot of it I did myself. And that was really, really satisfying and really fun. I hated it at the time, but (laughs) it was really, really fun and satisfying. And I saved thousands. 
I also kind of pride myself on finding improvements at kind of a deal. So I've replaced both of the back doors since there are no windows on that side of the house with like nice, beautiful windowed back doors to let in a bunch of natural light. And I got one for 20 bucks and I got one for 80 bucks. And these are like $400 doors. So I'm kind of a thrift pro and I'm continually proud of myself for those. (laughs) That can be extremely satisfying. I know, especially when I, we were doing a lot of flipping I so love not doing DIY and having <laughs> contractors do the work, but um, that's me. But I love like being able to source things that yeah. look super expensive and are and are really nice, but are actually like really inexpensive and economical, but make a huge like wow. It's a wow factor. And I totally get like contracting out all the work because you can write that off. You can co- write that into the cost of the home and against your taxes. Yeah. You can't charge for doing work yourself. But I'm also wanting to like really learn as I go through this and hopefully as I get more properties. So I know what it takes and I can't be tricked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so, something to be said for that for sure. Yeah. And to what do you attribute your success? Sheer stubbornness to fail. <laughs> I, I just, I absolutely refuse to be scared about money and scared about my future. So when I was in that original place where I lost my job, I had all this debt. I had no idea what I was going to do. I realized how many options money gives you. And it's not a love of money. (laughs) It's not like root of evil, but it's knowing that I have myself financially prepared and I have options. There's so much personal power in that. And it's given me so much more confidence as I go through life, because it means that I don't have to like deal with a shitty job or a shitty person or a shitty situation. I actually have options and ways to get out of it because I've prepared myself financially. And there is, especially as a woman and as a single woman, there is nothing more powerful than that to me than to be able to write a check and get out of a bad situation. Yeah. I think money just, so there's a lot of, I love that you're, you're bringing this up because a lot of people have, you know, so I've heard that money is the root of all evil or the, the, the love, love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. And I think it's really, it's like idolizing money is the like putting money uh, like on its own pedestal, but money for money's sake. I'm not putting money ahead of people. I'm not putting money ahead of relationships. I'm putting money to protect myself and the people that I love. And that's a really good way to use money. Money doesn't change who you are. I think it amplifies it, right? It just allows you to do more. Mother Teresa said it takes a checkbook to change the world. And, you know, it's, when you are more abundant, when, you, when you're more financially empowered, then you can, you know, you can, you're, you, you, you can share. So now that you're in this place, you're able to take what you learn to helping to help others. And I think that that's how we're wired, especially as women. It's like we have more, we're going to do what we can to, to share that, whether it's our knowledge or it's our finances, we share from our abundance and we share from our overflow That's partly why I have my mission to help 1 million women become financially free, because I know that when we have like that freedom, then we do amazing things with it. (laughs) That is an amazing mission. Absolutely amazing. What advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in real estate investing? Real estate investing specifically. I would say to get multiple quotes and to ask for recommendations from people that you trust. I've gone with just people I can Google and I'm sure tons of them have been wonderful, but tons of them have not. And the people that I've found through my relationships, like my best handyman, I found through my boss. I was asking around like, Hey, I need somebody to help me with this or that or the other. 
trust people that you know who can give you like an honest recommendation and also trust your gut. Cause I had a handyman come out once we did the most terrible job and he kept saying, I'm just going to say it, all of these racist, sexist, and homophobic things. And I should have just been like, and you're gone. <laughs> and let him work. And I later had somebody come and check the work and they're like, and this is going to burn your house down. That guy got a very bad review. And also I just should have like kicked him the hell out of my entire life. Trust your gut. I think my gut the entire time was being like, nope, nope, nope. This guy needs to go. And I should have listened to it. Very good advice. And what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? That debt isn't necessarily evil. I kind of started out on kind of the Dave Ramsey style program and I just kind of worked myself to the fricking bone. And I was convinced that I didn't need a credit score, which having a good credit score later helped me purchase Mm -hmm. real estate and and save me hundreds of thousands of dollars because I was able to get my home at like 2.5% interest versus I don't even know how much it would have been had I had to like have a credit score manufactured and that you can actually use debt as leverage, high interest debt, still not good, really bad. I don't keep any myself, but you can actually use debt as a positive and you do need a credit score. Yeah. Debt is a tool Yeah, that, I mean, I don't believe in taking, having debt for shoes and purses (laughs) for to create, to buy income producing assets. So secure debt for that all day, every day, especially when debt is so inexpensive right now. Absolutely. Like I said, 2.5% here and I'm making money off of that debt every month and other people are paying down my debt for me. Like no matter which way you run those numbers, it's a good thing. Yeah. Like you said, all day, every day, but before I had made myself really scared of debt because I had the student loans and I was listening to these people who were just like, credit cards are terrible and they're just like snakes. And I've kind of moved beyond that now, fortunately. I have to disagree with Dave Ramsey and those things in terms of like all debt is bad because, you know, if you had to wait until you could spend, what was it? 220,000 or whatever it was that you bought the house for. And you had to like build that savings up before you even got started in the game. Like, when would you get there? <laughs> can't, by the- honestly can't. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he says you can do like a 15 year loan with like 25% down, but that's still like a lot of money for somebody who's renting and yeah. on a, you know, most people are on a fixed income. It's just not great advice. It might work for some people, but I think it's kind of a dangerous message to spread. By the time you're there, that, that property is now worth double the amount. <laughs> So now you got in three and a half percent down and you're making money and that, and then you can cash out refinance after a while, use that money to buy more properties to keep using, recycling that money and using OPM. I like leverage. I think it just helps you be able to do more, you know, with less. What is the best way for people to find you and learn more about what you do? Absolutely. So um, you can find me at youtube.com slash budget girl or at budgetgirl.com. And you can find me on any social media. It's at TikTok at go budget girl on TikTok. I'm just at budget girl. Now time for our Trinity, the brag, gratitude and desire. What is one thing that you are celebrating? What is your brag? Honestly, the trailer thing, like I'm actually getting really close to finishing it. I'm doing so much of the work myself and I'm so excited about venturing into short-term rentals. I think it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to kind of open up that phase. 
that's super exciting. And it sounds like you might be getting a fourplex or something in your future. I keep shopping for the next real estate deal. I keep running the numbers on it. So all houses are, of course, going for far above what they're being asked <laughs> right now. And I've put in two offers over like the past six months and I've been outbid each time. But that's fine because I ran my numbers and I knew what the property was worth to me. And so if it goes for above that, it wasn't the property for me. Yeah, so I'm trying to be... We'll get, we'll get to that in a second, but yeah. <laughs> All right. What's one thing you were grateful for? But by the way, well bragged. Yay, found the, <laughs> the trailer. Can't wait to see it done. What's one thing you're grateful for? The internet. <laughs> That's, that sounds weird, but honestly, in the space of real estate, there are all of these people out there talking about it and they're being really transparent and the community around bigger pockets and REI goddesses. And there's just absolutely a place where you can go and learn and it's completely free and you can connect with people like we're doing now and learn from each other and ask questions. And that is just the most powerful thing that our parents could never have conceived of that there are so many resources out there and so many people like you are completely willing to share your knowledge and help us avoid mistakes, which is a lot of what my channel is about. I talk about my mistakes all the time so that people can avoid them. And people will tell me like, I didn't do that thing that you did stupidly. Yay. Both of us. (laughs) If it helps somebody else not make the same mistake that I feel like that makes my mistake a little better. Right. For sure. It's that it's learning. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Beautiful. And what's one thing you desire? Patience and wisdom. We'll, we'll go with the double there for the real estate deals. Like I was kind of saying before, I've put in a couple of offers over the last several months. I've been saving up and I really just hope the next deal goes as well as my first one did. And I hope that I can be patient and wait for the right one to come along. All right. Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. So thank you, Sarah. This was awesome. I just love hearing your story and your energy and just how generous you are with what you're doing and sharing with the world. So I'm super excited to have had you and I can't wait to see like the next, what what happens next for you. (laughs) Kelsey, and thank you. I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits and just trying to like teach other people and help them kind of grow. I'm sure you are so close to those million women or you will be very soon. From your mouth to God's ears. So thank you, y'all. You can connect with her at, she's at Go Budget Girl on most of the socials, budgetgirl.com. I think you're at Budget Girl on TikTok. So you, yeah. she's, and on YouTube is Budget Girl. So if you Google Budget Girl, I come up, fortunately. You'll find her. Seven years. I pretty much have the SEO down. <laughs> <laughs> and connect with me at reigoddesses.com. There you'll find out about our events, our trainings, our investor club all the ways that you can learn and grow and build wealth. And also for sure, subscribe and like and follow us. And so you won't miss another Real Estate Investor Goddess podcast interview. Bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.